Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. I'm Craig, and I'm here with our good friend Brady as we review an awful away day as we lost 4-1 to Newcastle at St. James's Park. Been a little bit unwell, a little bit sick, not just from the result, um, but since my trip to Newcastle, uh, where I experienced our awful result in person. Brady, how, how was your weekend? Yeah, I mean, Chris has gone AWOL. He hasn't been answering the phone since about five o'clock on Saturday, and you were so <laughs> sick, like you said, you got food poisoning. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take long to burst the, posit- uh, the positivity bubble, does it? But um, it's on a different note, before we get started, I just want to say a little tribute. I think we should do this as a podcast when people pass away associated with clubs. I just want to say a little tribute to Terry Venables, LTEL. Uh, superb England manager. He, like, he fired, like, captivated the nation, didn't they, in 1996? Like, Gascoigne was like a hair's breadth away from, you know, maybe winning the tournament. But he actually played 237 times for us, part of Tommy Doherty's side, for now called uh, Doherty's Diamonds. And he actually was part of the uh, the League Cup win in 1965, which wasn't our first league win, but it was our first cup win ever, really. So, yeah, really part of Chelsea's history and uh, rest in peace, Terry Reynolds. Absolutely, and well said as well. Definitely an uh, English football icon for me and will be fondly remembered by everyone around Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be remembered on Sunday afternoon at the Brighton game. So Yeah, I'm sure we'll, the crowd will do some sort of tribute to, to him. Um, let's talk about the game. Unfortunately, <laughs> can we just another do sad, a, another sad load, note? Can we do a load of tributes? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. We absolutely played off the park, in my opinion, um, yeah. by, by Newcastle on Saturday in terms of intensity, desire, um, lots of things that unfortunately you know you, you wouldn't really associate with this team this season. I think in general we've competed really well, and I think in the last few weeks shown that you know go toe to toe with anyone really and uh, give absolutely everything on the pitch. That was not the case for me on Saturday was really really disappointed um it kind of felt a bit flat even going to the yeah. game to be honest really? um and and obviously the first 20 minutes of the game were just a bit of a non-event I think for us just completely it's like one team you know were there trying to trying to win the league on the last day of the season and the other team had turned up for a pre-season friendly that was yeah. the the difference in intensity from what I saw it how, how did you see it yeah, you know what? I've rewatched the game. I wasn't there. I've rewatched the game. It wasn't. I actually uh, watched it on a put. Well, I know. Do that again. I watched the game. Li- I watched the game live on the TV, and then I've actually rewatched it on the Chelsea fifth stand up. I don't think it was quite as bad as people made out, but it was a very poor performance. And I think it was the first performance, the first loss of the season. So I think this is our fourth loss, or maybe fifth loss of the season. You say like West Ham away. I think it's fifth loss. West Ham away, we missed a penalty, we could have won. Not on Forest, you know, we missed some cities, got two XG. Villa, similar story-ish. Brentford, we weren't great, but really we didn't deserve to lose. Yeah, I think this is the first game in the season, you could say, we, we were easily deserved to lose. I mean, we're, we're second best to all over the park. Uh, Newcastle ravaged by inju- injuries, but I mean... Uh, they did get a lot of players they're... back for that game. Yeah, they, they did. They, they had like, I, I, Amron and Isaac back, um, but they've still got like, you know, seven, eight, seven, eight deep injury list and... Um, you know, they've also got champions. I mean, let's be honest, they've got champions. As we uh, record, or in an hour, they're playing PSG. I mean, if anyone would, would be taking their eye off the ball for this game, it was like, this is, like, every game in the Premier League is like our final. Didn't seem like, like I said, didn't sound like that at all. And um, yeah. I think you've got to give a lot of credit to, to Eddie Howe for that as well. I thought he yeah. had his players absolutely well up for that game. 
Yeah, I think also, we'll talk about it later, Mark was mentioning it now. I think Poch not being on the sideline had a big effect, especially when with, I want to talk about discipline with the team a little bit a little bit later. But yeah, the ill discipline in the second half, um, they got in our heads a bit. I think Caicedo being out really affected us as well. He had to put a good chicken in there. That was tough. Um, I think also, if we just talk about selection, and before, I do think it was a little bit, I know you could counter me, I know you feel a little bit differently to this. I think with Badia Shield, what do you think? Do you think it was all right to chuck him in? I think, I think when I saw the team sheet, I thought it was a gamble to chuck Badia Shield in. Well, I think we've all been saying for a long time now that we want to see Badia Shield play for us. And they've given him, they've been very patient with him. Yeah. We've had a two week international break. He's able to focus tactically on exactly what we want. And I think that was this today was a good time. I mean, Newcastle away obviously is a tough game, but I think, you know, all tough games really in the Premier League. And, you know, yeah. there's got to be a time. I don't think you should be scared of chucking him in because it's Newcastle away. And also, obviously, that physical presence at centre back as well. He's, it's not like he's not a physical player or, a, you know, good in the air or anything like that. I thought that would have helped us. Um, a little bit but yeah unfortunately he, he had a really poor game um, and we'll sort of talk about that I'm sure in, in temperatures and, and everything later on about the, the players that did play and didn't play well but just from a macro point of view the defence in general was really really poor and I think that left side especially so yeah obviously you're going to look at that bad issue decision and, and be critical a bit retrospectively yeah I mean I'm not sure if Cole Will was injured still injured was he he, didn't look I injured he wasn't I don't think he was injured no I actually thought Cole Will actually I know, I know it was like 15 minutes of the game and the game was gone. I thought he showed a bit of leadership. He came on and he uh, kind of tried to G him up. I think he actually came on a free one. And, he, you know, he made a couple of good decisions where he held onto the ball and drew a foul, little things. I think he could have actually done really well in this game. So I think it's a shame he didn't play. I think probably you'd be better off playing him over Kukurea, but that's obviously hindsight. It was just a game, really, of just like, you know, an all-star cast of, like, mistake makers. I mean, whatever age you were, whatever ability, if you're in a Chelsea shirt, you're making a mistake in this game. I mean, it was a, actually, it was a, um, they said on Chelsea TV, it's, it was a real game of unforced errors. Just a bit of a scrappy game at times, but that suited Newcastle. And um, I thought a moment that summed up the game was actually in the first half where Silva tried a drag back and he just fell over and conceded a corner. I think that might have been a bit of warning for the third goal. And then Sanchez, I don't know, Sanchez was trying to do his best Kepper impression on Saturday. He kept, he kept getting pushed over. Yeah. And then, and then um, he he got nearly got pushed over, and then uh, I think Joe Linton nearly scored. I think he missed like I think a zero. The referee said so that you don't see that on the TV angle, but the referee said play on for that. So yeah. it was a goal kick, but I think he would have given the foul. Yeah, right. But I don't think it was a foul. I was, I'm not sure it was. Oh, really? um, there, and there, there was one in the second half where he basically just ran into. I think it was Ugachuku who just fell over and was appealing for a free kick. So um, yeah, bizarre. And they just kept in the, the, the story of the game really. Was Kieran Tripper? I think I think got seven assists coming to this game. You know, we've all got him in FPL at some point. You know he's danger. Three points for an assist, and uh, yeah, I think he has sixteen crosses in this game. I mean, unbelievable. They're just conceding a little bit like the Spurs game, just conceding so many stupid free kicks, and he hit the bar. Uh, and one of, obviously the second goal come from a free kick, not directly from Trippier, but yeah, just constantly conceding and. The way we're cons- the way we're defending set pieces at the moment, you do not want to begin set pieces away because that second goal, it was like a carbon copy of the Akanji goal, wasn't it? Really, for the uh, for it the wasn't too game. far off. Yeah, it was very similar in terms of you know no one. I'm not sure what's, what do you think about the zonal marking. I mean, well, I think at that point when Kukurea is at the back post with three people around him, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's 
it's you know the, the danger needs to be conveyed to the rest of the team at that point yeah. you know and obviously again Badia Shield too slow to react for me as well I mean maybe he didn't get a shout obviously Kukurea he could have just not acknowledged that as well hard to really know mm. who to blame in that spot but obviously the, the setup seems interesting as well um yeah from those uh, short corners and, and free kicks that sort of is that, that second ball we seem to get out very fast in the midfield um, and leave our defence sort of if you just stay in there and get yeah. the cross in and obviously look Anthony Gordon is playing really really well at the moment that was a fantastic ball in you gotta say absolutely on a plate um, but yeah I, th- I thought that obviously the, the time frame between 20 minutes and, and about 15 minutes into the second half um, that was when the game could have been won. And I think Posh talked about this in his post-match. Yeah. He said it was there really for the taking for us to sort of execute our stamp on the game. And we didn't do it at all. We sort of just no, sat back. I, I don't think in the latter half, latter stages of the first half, we did start to, uh, there was that viral clip on X um, of the Enzo shot of the guy. Actually, if you follow us on X, we're crawling towards 2,000 followers. If you could follow us at Eat Sleep Chelsea, that'd be great. But there was that clip going around of that, you know, back-to-front move where Enzo nearly scored. And that was a great move. And there were a couple of little moves like that. But so many... Op- in, t- in terms of the other side of the pitch, I mean, the, the defence was spoken about a lot in this game. I called it kind of like X-opportunity. It's not a shot, but it's basically where you under-hit a pass or you misplay it. So many of them in this game. And just not making the right decision. And um, in a game like this where I think, I think Newcastle... In the last, I think in the last uh, six games, they've given away about seven big chances. They don't give away many big chances. So if you're in the up, you know, if you're on the upper third of the pitch, you really need to be like on it in terms of like you know your uh, creating opportunities and like your chance conversion. And yeah, I think in the second half we were sort of settling into it a little bit. And they just, I mean, it was just, it was just a crazy two minutes, wasn't it? And then the game turned and then it was gone. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You obviously can't account for um, Thiago Silva's error. That obviously just completely kills the game at that point you're never going to come back no. um, from 3-1 down all right let's talk temperatures I'm, I'm up first this week in a little duo um but still i want to put this guy in the freezer we could have a couple we could have a couple each probably can't we <laughs> i mean the freezer I'll, I'll just say i'm going to pick this guy um but there's a lot of candidates for the freezer um but i'm going to pick nicholas jackson oh I just think, I think if you watched the game overall and actually how anonymous he actually was and uninvolved in the game, um, just offering absolutely no threat at all, really. And the weakness of Newcastle today, or on Saturday, sorry, was, was their centre-backs. Um, Lacassels and Shah at centre-back. Really, really weak duo. And that, that was there for the taking. If we had had a dangerous striker, we could have really posed them some problems. And look, Sterling and Palmer didn't have great games around him. Gallagher as well. Look, there's a lot of players that could have been picked. The freezer, but I just I think we need a little bit more. We 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 can't have a passenger at number nine. Um, yeah. And yeah, just a really really disappointing game for him. After you know, a, a overall a good couple of weeks leading into this and you think you know it's something to build on and then he puts a flat performance in like that and you're just like you know we can't have him play basically that's what you're thinking or when's in Kunku back or we need to sign a striker in January or all these things are going through your head when you when you see that sort of performance so yeah yeah I mean the th- <laughs> there's a joke about Arsenal the thing about Jackson is he always tries to walk in I, I, he just seems so not reluctant he just seems so reluctant to shoot there was that time in the second half where Sterling clipped a little ball over, just just hit it. 
I mean, on the Ch- Lee Parker on the Chelsea um, Chelsea TV said, you just hit it. I mean, I know he's been in warmer climates recently. I mean, you, your holiday's cancelled. You're back in Antarctica. You're back in the freezer, I'm afraid, Nick. And um, yeah, I mean, he just that Liam Tooney on the Straight Out Com podcast said, you know, okay, he's got some goals now, got a bit of confidence. Where's that kind of link-up play that we saw in the Liverpool game? That's just gone. I mean, he had 23 touches in this game, but he takes about six or seven touches when he's dribbling. So I think he probably actually had possession of the ball about four or five times. It's not in the game. And that yeah. isn't always his fault. I mean, that isn't, I mean, maybe you've got a bit isolated. It's easy to get isolated. Um, in I think you've got to find a way into the game, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think the Brentford game and the Newcastle game, they're different teams, but they're both very physical teams. And he was anonymous that day as well. Awful. And I think and he wasn't fit for this game, and I think, Breyer, for 90 minutes. But we've got to start playing Orlando Breyer against the physical teams. There's quite a few of them, like you know, we've got Palace at home uh, coming up, and teams like that. Don't really want to see Jackson. If if someone's playing, because Newcastle don't really play a high line, they play a bit of a mid block. I, I think Howe's clever. He wasn't. He was trying to keep the line a little bit backwards, not not like a low block, but he's smart. Howe, he'll, he'll, he'll kind of adapt to our. You know, he pinged a lot of uh, high balls up and exposed our defenders, and he didn't leave a really really high line to exploit. Clever manager and. When Jackson's playing against a mid-block or a low-block, it's very, very ineffective. When he's, when he's running on goal and players in front of him, he just doesn't know what to do. He mm. rarely makes the right option. And there was a, I think the first thing he did in the game, he was running through on goal. He had Sterling to his left, Palmer to his right. Just ran it into their defenders, just stumbled over. And he had like 10 yards of space. You know, he scored four goals in, he scored four goals in two games. I mean, obviously, the Tottenham hat-trick has got a bit of an asterisk on it because it was against nine men. Look, fantastically scoring goals. You know, I think he's got a goal or assist. Uh, he hasn't got any assists this season, but he's got a goal about every 150 minutes this season. That's great. But the overall performance, you've got to say, is not good. And yeah, we're waiting for Kunku to come back or Broly to come in, even though he's got six goals. And it's a shame for him. But yeah, I think he needs to be taken out the headlines a little bit and maybe chop his minutes up. And I think that'll really help us. Yeah, I mean, if you take away the injury time goals against Spurs, his, his return overall in the games is very poor. Yeah. Um, and and you know he's he's playing up front for us, you know the, this is where we expect if you're not going to be in the game and look let's face it his overall play as a footballer is not outstanding. So if you're not then providing some output as goals, you know what are you actually giving us? Um, so yeah, I've no problem with players being out of the game. I think you've seen this from like Lukaku in the past. You see this for Haaland for City as well, not in the game. But then when you get a chance, half chance even, you're, you're clinical and you take it. Fine, I've no problem with that. Don't be involved in the build-up. But if you, I, I don't think he's offering that. So you've got to be offering something else. And yeah, just you know, I think it's pretty clear to see that changing that position, the profile of player in that position, will really help the team overall. So yeah, yeah. Freezer so, Brady. I mean, you nicked mine. I, I thought you wouldn't have Jackson. I thought you could have Barry Shield. Uh, so I've kind of uh, behind the scenes here looking at Barry Shield. So I'm going to have to put Barry Shield in. Um, I think you could say he was maybe at fault for three of the goals. Um, they spoke about that on various podcasts where the, the first goal is a bizarre goal where he, him and Ugachukwu, they just sort of charge Braveheart style. Mel Gibson Braveheart style before, towards the goal, towards the ball. It's it's bizarre. It, I think I acknowledged at really the time, weird. actually, even from the stands, I think I put in our WhatsApp group, didn't I? I was like, what's bad issue yeah, doing? Kukure, it is his fault as well, but he's... At, no, they just caught a charge at the ball and just like they leave, they just leave Isaac and you know one of the most dangerous strikers in Europe in, in so much space. And then you know with Valdez Shield, he shows good moments. He did show some good recoveries. He did show some um, 
he shows some, you know, a good heading ability in, in, in touches. But then in the second goal, he just lost his marker and let the cells in. And then the third goal, sorry, the, the fourth goal, uh, Gordon's goal. Awful. I mean, Almiron pings a little ball through. He tries to play Gordon offside, doesn't. And then goes back and then it, it, Anthony Gordon is only going one way. He's never going to cut the other way. Very unlikely. He's going to cut in and shoot. It wasn't even that good a shot, really. But he just lets him get away. And yeah, it was a poor afternoon for him. And, you know... I've been bigging him up as one of the best defenders, best wing defenders in Europe. And what one one bad performance, I'm not gonna, you know, go on the guy. And you know, he's in the freezer at the moment. But you have to say it wasn't a great audition for him. And but I do feel for him. I, I do counter you a little bit. I wouldn't have necessarily played him. I mean, he he's played two games this season. One was uh, Blackburn at home, and one was Newcastle away. I think it was a big step up. And I think if Cole Will was fully fit, I think I don't think he would have started. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was not a good performance. I'm not gonna, you know, I think he's likely going to be playing the Brighton game, isn't he? Because I think we're probably going to have to play four centre backs in that game, which we'll probably touch from the preview. But um, I would have preferred to put him in a home game or a Brighton game or something like that. But maybe the Brentford game, something like that. But that's kind of you know hindsight. But yeah, it was a poor performance and. You know, he's going to have a lot of heat in the heat in now. And yeah, that's, that's not, just really not good. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really disappointed with his performance. Obviously, we're big Bad Ishile fans on this podcast in general. I think we all rate him quite highly. Um, and we're expecting big things from him. You know, he's a young player. He's only 22 years old. And, you know, really promising centre-back prospect. But yeah, well out of his depth. I've got to say on Saturday, looked well out of his depth. Um, looked like he was, you know like a lot of our players to be honest but playing at a level you know two or three notches below sort of like a pre-season run around you know and yeah. the intensity and focus concentration you know um i think urgency is another word it just wasn't yeah. there yeah i mean i think he just he's, he's gone into that game cold into the pressure cooker of st james's park and it is i think we talk about we didn't talk about newcastle before but i mean they're a fantastic team a real cohesive unit and yeah i mean that, that in terms of He'll play against better attacker. I mean, Isaac's a great attacker, but he'll play against better attackers and Almer or you Joel Linton's and that. But the intensity, he just couldn't really match it. And um, a little bit deer in the headlights at times. But yeah, I think he's a fantastic defender and he'll come back. But it's, you know, it's going to be difficult for him to build form um, off of performances like that. So hopefully he can get some good performances going in the, in the, in the Christmas period. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk a bit more about the freezer and who else is in there. I'm going to put Kukurea in there as well. Yeah. Um, Special mentions. They really targeted him in this game. Um, not just down that side with overloads. Um, and, and obviously Trippier, like you said, putting a lot of crosses because, you know, let's face it, Sterling is has been it looks like he's been given a bit of a license to to be available on the counter for us. Um either that or he's just incredibly lazy at points <laughs> in this game yeah. coming back. Um I do think they try and keep that two up um and the rest of the team sort of pre- press and drop a little bit. Um, more in that low block, but um, it's possible that Sterling just doesn't bother sometimes tracking. Um, but yeah, obviously that that didn't help in this game. Kukurea had a lot to do, but then also when the ball was on the other side, they really targeted him with far post crosses. Obviously Joel Linton yeah. um, versus Kukurea is a massive mismatch um, at, at the back post, and they used that a lot. And um, they just targeted back post crosses in general. Obviously Reese did a bit better handling them, um, and obviously he's slightly better match up against Gordon on that side um, but still you know causes a lot of problems crossing and uh, it's, it is an issue for us and you can see why he's playing Colwell in these games 
a lot of the time because set pieces and crosses just causes so many issues. And uh, yeah, we, we have to get that sorted because you're going to see other teams target us in exactly the same way. Yeah, I mean, if we delve into the stats a little bit, which we haven't done in terms yet, I mean, Kukuraya had twenty only 70% per percent, only 76% pass accuracy. That's very low for him. Very rarely, you know, rarely tries progressive balls that much, usually quite safe. And that showed the Newcastle press how good it was. Zero out of three accurate balls. Uh, only three out of seven ground jewels won. He just got bullied a bit. And, you know... Um, I mean, ground jewels was an issue for us all over the pitch, to be honest. But, yeah, yeah it, to be fair, it wasn't. It shouldn't, uh, shouldn't like, um, hold Mark to that. But, I mean, it's just... Yeah, it's difficult because it's such a difficult place to go. And there's also this kind of like in the international break and even though he wasn't away, but like the team just lacked a lot of intensity. And I think I do think a little bit just generally just talking the macro way. I noticed that you you nicked my macro saying earlier, by the way. So I've got to <laughs> just need to be the first person to say macro <laughs> in the in the pod. I, I do think there was a little bit of um, I wouldn't say cockiness, but I would say, oh, we're playing quite well now. And we'll play well again. I felt that. I think they're a bit like. I think they were a bit like. There's a bit of a tsunami, and I'm like, whoa, we're not playing. We're not connecting that well. And I think they sort of expected to click, and they didn't. I don't think they were like cocky, but I think the, the manager not be. I think it would have a psychological effect. The manager not being on the touchline. Not that you're going to take it easier, but I think they needed some some guidance and some sort of. I wouldn't say. Uh, do that again. They need some guidance and just you know a bit a bit a bit now on the pitch. Just didn't really connect and. I think it was a bit of a. I mean, Pochini's presser afterwards. He said, "I think he said the word compete a, a world record time in in, yeah. in seven minutes. I think he said compete about three hundred times." But I think this will be a game where they really. It's a. Re, I think it was a reality check for a lot of them, and for Kukurea yeah. as well. I think Kukurea has been like, "All right, I'm in the team now. I'm doing great." A bit of a reality check, and and you know, St James's Park would do that to any team, and uh, it's good that it happened before this run of uh, Christmas games because hopefully the form can improve. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, my first immediate takeaway I remember putting in the in our group tonight that you know we weren't at the races in terms of competing no. for the ball, and um, I think we talked a little bit um, in the in that group about structure. And I, you know, structure had nothing to do with the game really. I think we were set up pretty well to succeed yeah. on on Saturday. Just got to, you know, you have to compete and win balls in the game. You have to win your one on ones. You have to win your duels. You have to win in balls that are, you know lobbed up in the air to the back post. You have to win. And yeah. if you're constantly losing those, you're never going to win a football match. So, yeah, it's not, it's not always, uh, it's very easy always to, to blame team selection and, and tactics. And so it's not always the answer for every game. And yeah, we definitely got out-competed in this game. There is no doubt about that. I think anyone watching the game can see that. Anybody else for the freezer? I have to make it next. I've got a lot for the freezer. Conor Gallagher <laughs> is another one that I want to put in the yeah, freezer okay, okay. because he's been absolutely fantastic this season in terms of work rate, um, effort, He's a bit of quality as well. He's improved so much on the ball, but oh, it's just no no goals this season for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> in a in a position where in in a, in a centre mid trio that isn't offering um, any goals anyway. So yeah, just another game where he had another great chance with his left foot. It was one of the most pathetic shots I've ever seen. Um, mm. You know, I think for Palace, when I think of Gallagher, obviously I don't watch every Palace game when he was there on loan. I would have thought he's going to chip in with some goals from centre mid. You know, probably like seven or eight a season for us if he plays every game. Maybe even more, actually. Um, especially with how high he's playing at times. He's, I know we, we've started putting him on the right-hand side and putting Palmer, um, inverting him in a bit. I quite like that. But if he's not offering anything at the top end of the pitch, it's got to be someone else playing there. Um, because, you know, 
we have to have some other goals in the at the moment we've got Raheem Sterling and you know debatably Nicholas Jackson although you take away the Spurs game and there's really you know you're talking about two goals from him but without Raheem Sterling I mean there's no one in the team that scored any goals from open play basically I mean no. where are the goals coming from you, you've got to ask that question you know these guys have got to be better um, they have to be and you know Cole Palmer for everything he's offered no goals from open play Nicholas Jackson you know not offering much threat from open play. Gallagher's the same. And if you're talking about midfield, Enzo and, and, and Uga Chukwu, not offering many goals. Kukurea, you know, rubbish in the last third as well, really, as well. You know, basically, Reese James is is the, probably our second best threat of a goal outside of yeah, Sterling. Yeah, he's scored a goal since AC Milan at home, I believe. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, when I'm looking at the, the team overall, it just seems like... In games like this, we're not offering enough of a goal threat, and that is potentially where the, the balance comes in. But again, I think replacing that striker with a different profile of player might might end us up looking more dangerous. But I do think eventually you might end up seeing someone like Cole Palmer drop into that sort of eight role in in a four three three and and eight slash ten, and we add another attacking player to the mix, and I think that might end up providing a little bit of a better balance and also a better attacking threat. Um, so we'll see. I think our structure, not necessarily, but it reminds me a little bit of the early clock days where we have Wijnaldum, Henderson, uh, maybe Fabinho in there, or maybe a Levant, maybe a Thiago, where there's not many goals in the midfield three, but you've got three killers up front. We don't have that. Yeah, but we, we exactly, we don't have that. And, and we, I would we, say we, we don't Palmer. have that. I mean, we don't even have Firmino. <laughs> he was kind of the, the least productive of those, really. But, but, but I think Cole Palmer's not the profile of player you want in that setup because he's not no, attacking enough. You know, I think, I mean, and we'll see you already tactically that he wants to use Palmer more centrally. He's actually on the, I don't know if you noticed, he actually played Conor Gallagher basically right wing at times. They interchanged. Yeah. He did this, he did this in the second half against City because I think, I think to stop uh, Reese James getting exposed. But I mean, you don't really want Conor Gallagher. No one wants Conor Gallagher at right wing. He doesn't want to be there. Um, and yeah, I mean, Conor Gallagher, he's got four assists this year. It, and that shows he's a bit of a water carrier for the team, isn't he? He's, he, he's, yeah. lost, he's, he's lost that little bit of the mojo. Um, Enzo's a bit of a water carrier as well. <laughs> Debatably, Caicedo's a bit of a water carrier as well. We yeah. have a, a lot of people carrying water. Yeah, well, if anyone wants some water carrier, then we're good, but it's for a goal, <laughs> maybe not. But um, yeah, we haven't got many goals in midfield. I think that's a, I mean, a, a lot of people in the start of the season, I think me and Chris, and uh, we were, I think he was teasing me that, you know, Enzo's going to get some goals. I, thought, I mean, he took, he took a good shot. That was Enzo's best shot of the season, uh, even though he scored a goal against Wimbledon, like an open goal. And, and it was like still a fairly comfortable save for Pope. So yeah. you just don't see Enzo getting eight, ten goals. I don't think Enzo's got an assist yet, has he? Maybe got one. I think he's, he hasn't got an assist. So um, yeah, we need some goals in midfield, and I, I agree. I think we need to take a little bit of a gamble. Maybe take Gallagher out of the team or an Enzo out of the team in some games, and you put Madueke on the right wing, and you put or whoever yeah. you can put Sterling right wing. Well, maybe a Mikhailo Mudrik. Yeah, exactly. You can put Mudrick left wing. Sterling's been very productive from right wing this season. You can put Palmer in there as well. And But Madueke and Palmer have also got a very good link up from, from the under-21s, uh, the England under-21s. There's lots of options. Um, you know, we just, especially when you need a goal, I just, you know, or, or the, you know we're not really creating much. I mean, Caicedo, for me, Caicedo and Enzo, when they're fit, they should be a much enough of a protective shield, personally, uh, in a lot of matches. Yeah, I agree, um, yeah. So we didn't, we don't need that extra shield, if you know what I mean. And 
this sort of we've seen it from day one from Poch a little bit, haven't we? He put Dzarzi in and took Mudrik out. You know, ten minutes before or whatever it was, half an hour before the Liverpool game. I mean, it was fine, but he's he, he's cut, he's gone defence first a little bit. And it hasn't really worked. I don't think he's that sort of manager either. So maybe he needs to, like Chris used to say with her grandpotter, to take the handbrake off the field. But no, yeah. like, m- maybe take a gamble in some games because we're not really getting many points kind of trying to dominate games in the midfield. Maybe just have a bit more potency up front. And like you said, hopefully Nkunku will help with that. Absolutely. I was, I was just going to mention Nkunku because I think he sort of alluded to this a little bit in the, in the presses as well, that he's happy playing Nkunku with a striker and two wingers so we'll see I mean you know absolutely massive massive December coming up for this football club lots of huge huge games um, including the League Cup um, as well so yeah I mean we've got a real chance to kick on in December with our squad sort of all coming back to full health Um, you know tough games but I think winnable games Um, and you know we, we should use this advantage that we've got to um, to really play this amount of fixtures and keep everyone fresh and try and get this intensity up and and get some big results because you know you look at the league table after after Saturdays it makes for quite depressing reading so very yeah, very important month for for us coming up as I think we play eight or nine games I think it's eight yeah. games including the the league cup so just just a huge huge month yeah. Definitely. Um, one final freeze with me, and I don't really talk about this guy generally because we're going to have a bit of debate about him. I, I wasn't happy with with Reece James's discipline in this game. Uh, yeah, so I was just I was going to come on to uh, the captaincy because I know we had a little bit of a debate in our our WhatsApp group uh, post game. Yeah, about Reece James and whether he was uh, an appropriate captain choice. So do you want to have your your say on that? I guess. I mean, I, I, in, a, in the WhatsApp group, I made a bit of emotional. Uh, might as well just reveal the truth. I made a bit of an emotional message just after that. Maybe I think he shouldn't be captain. But I think I've actually said this before, and you know, you come back with um, there. There hasn't really been a better option, and I agree with that. I mean, we can talk about that, but I do think the the, the kicking the way of the ball, and it wasn't just him; it was Sterling as well. It's just not good. You just can't do that. Just the, the, it's well known. That they're all clamping down on kicking the ball away, and even the okay, like you said, I mean, in the WhatsApp chat, the the golden one is soft, but it's still silly. On a yellow, you can't risk that. And it's, yeah, I mean, I just think sorry when we look at the red card retrospectively, I'm not like he's doing idiotic, like reckless things. He no. he's got sent off for kicking the ball away and putting his hand on Anthony. Well, I, I, I think shoulder. when you get a yellow, it should be for a reason. Like uh, Mar, who's a, a fantastic. Uh, a YouTube creator and really, you know, really comedic guy. But in a serious way, he said, you know, we're three one down. Just take the L. There was no need for like, because if we if we lose that game three one, and Reece James doesn't get sent off, the narrative is way different. You know, sure. Um, I mean, what I would say to people that say that is, it's pretty easy to sit on the sofa and say, oh, of course, like, chill out. Um, obviously, a very intense environment in that stadium. Very passionate. I know I was absolutely fuming um, after that Thiago Silva. Uh, giveaway for the for the goal and we're 3-1 down and the game's over and you know it's a very disappointing moment but I, I have no problem what I would say overall and we'll sort of talk about this a little bit from um, a macro point of view Brady in terms <laughs> of captaincies but I have no problem with my captain showing some passion and some fire on the pitch yeah. um, one thing I would say about Rhys James is he cares a lot about the result it's one thing that I love to see from my captains and I, I think that we look back historically as, as at the best captains in Premier League history, I would say probably uh, Roy Keane, number one, um, is the best captain maybe in Premier League history. Would you agree with uh, that? Yeah, probably, yeah. 
I think Patrick Vieira probably. Yeah. Number two, we look at these captains. Tony Adams maybe. I mean, you, you just go through the names really. Well, John Terry would be one, wouldn't he? That's yeah, John Terry obviously as well. But look at the captains. But and I'd say all four of those players questionable disciplinary. Um, yeah. Uh, issues. Fiery on the pitch, probably doing stupid stuff sometimes. Um, I, I would say Steven Gerrard as well, probably go down as a great captain. Yeah. Um, again, lots of red cards, especially early in his career, Steven Gerrard. Um, I, I don't think there's a massive issue with players caring a lot about the team and that sometimes boiling over into frustration and stupid moments. Um, yeah. I, I think having a player that cares a lot about the team is very, very important to to being a, a captain, especially of a big club. Um, the other point I would make about Reese is I think the squad loves Reese James. I think he's very, very popular with the players. I think you can see that with the clips that they put out, um, whether it's just propaganda or, or not. But I think the squad just loves Reese James and, and he's quite a lovable guy. I think he's a, he's a good person as well, first and foremost. Um, and yeah, as someone that I'm proud of as, as captain of this football club, when I look at the club, I, I don't think there's anyone that I would rather want as captain of the football club. So I think obviously frustrating when he gets sent off and he's unfortunately going to miss in a really, really important game for us on Saturday. But again, yeah, you, you look back at these captains historically and I think you could say exactly the same thing and they'll go down as probably the best ever. So no no issues from me. I, th- I think just, just, just to counter that a touch, I think when you talk about passion, I don't see really how passion is like kicking the ball away. You know, that's just, that's just being petty. You know, maybe... The, the, the bit in the first half where I think Jason Tindall, who's uh, known on social media for being in the front of the Newcastle assistant, he was having it out with him. And I mean, he just got clotheslined from hell by Joel Linton. I, mean, I think Joel Linton should have been sent off for that. He actually got sent off for Brazil. I think that, I think that round erased, uh, I think it wound James up. And it's just a bit where Silva was trying to calm him down. And I just feel like, you know, if you're the captain, I'm not sure you should necessarily be having to be calmed down and. I do just. I agree. I think Reese James is. I, I mean, I can show you some moments of uh, of players needing to be calmed oh, of down. Of course, of course, you can. I just think. I think the main issue with Reese James is we're talking about it. It's not actually his on-field thing. It's the off-field stuff. It's the injuries. You know, um, it's very frustrating. And, and to be honest, the reason that I have been a bit reticent to making captain is actually for his own sort of um, mental benefit. I think when you're trying to come back from injury and you've already got a mental load on, and you're trying not to get injured, and you're trying to manage your fitness, to put the captaincy on top of that, I think was a little bit early. I think it would have been, like you said, if you know, if Thiago Silva spoke English, he'd probably be captain, but he doesn't. So, you know, it is what it is. But I think it would have been nice in another, you know, in another reality, another dimension, if we had a player that could maybe, Reese could be vice-captain this year, um, maybe learn the ropes a little bit, uh, take on some responsibility, obviously be captain when the captain's injured. Um, a little bit like Conor Gallagher has a little bit, I suppose. Um, and then play some game, get some games under his belt. You know, for instance, now, he's going to be mentally really down because, you know, he's going to feel like he's let, let the team down. And is, is he going to have to overcompensate when he comes back, maybe gets himself injured or maybe gets another disciplinary thing? That's what I'm talking about. Reese James, fantastic person. This isn't a character assassination. It's fantastic person. Wonderful player, probably one of our only like world-class players in defence. Fantastic player, um, and definitely fantastic captain material. Just for me, it would have been nice to get some games under his belt and just lift that mental load because at the moment I think it's a lot for him. You're trying to juggle everything: injuries, the team isn't playing well, he's captain. Uh, yeah, I think it's a lot for him, and that's kind of where I'm coming from. Sure, I mean I'll I'll just counter that by saying that we 
we don't have anyone. You're saying it would be nice to have someone where he can... Oh, no, I mean, I agree. The, like, the reality what, of the situation is that we don't... What, what are the options? What are the options? The options were Enzo, Silva, that was it. I, mean, I don't one. think you can bring in Enzo when he's oh, the no, same but age. I, this this was like a, I mean, even Keppel was mentioned. I mean, and what I'm saying is that there was no there was no list. That was what I'm saying. There was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Thiago Silva can't speak English, otherwise... Yeah, I, I wasn't actually right. aware how poor Silva's English was, to be honest. Yeah. I thought he was going to be my captain. And especially as I think this FA initiative now is to come in to just be the captains only. They're allowed yeah. to speak to the referee. I mean, yeah. he, he literally just cannot communicate. So yeah, I just think it would. I mean, it's not. It's no. It's it's not Reece James's fault that Thiago Silva doesn't know English, obviously. Um, but I think it would have been nice for Reece just to have that kind of sure. Just if, like, if in the rea- if the, if that wasn't the reality, yeah, yeah. It I, you nice know, and... I don't know. Let's say, for instance, like some of the, I don't know. Let's say Kovacic stayed at the club, or let's say Jorginho was still at the club. I don't know. You, I mean, I think if Jorginho was there, he would be captain. Yeah, if, if buts and maybe. So let's say that Jorginho yeah. was still at the club, um, or Aspie stayed, and I'd be or whatever. He probably wouldn't be playing in the team, but yeah, yeah, but fine. He'd be, he'd be club captain. You know what I mean? And yeah. Then, yeah. And then Reece James, but then the club captain. I mean, that's the other issue is that when you've got a club captain that ever played, we kind of had that with Aspie, didn't we? So the club captain, he never actually plays. But yeah, I, I think mean, the captain yeah. is. There's a lot of actual things that go on behind the scenes. You've got to buy tickets. Yeah, yeah. You've got to buy tickets for players. There's a lot of responsibilities. You've got to sort out the fines. Yeah, there's a lot of like admin. You know, I, I, as well to counter your other point about him not um, having too much on his plate, I think that him becoming captain is sort of relayed the magnitude of his his role and how important he has yeah. to take his his fitness and conditioning i know he takes it really really seriously anyway but i think um in terms of correcting something that's obviously been a repetitive issue you know trying to strive yes. and find every possible way to do that and i'm I'm sure they are exhausting all that yeah i mean look he, in the games is back he, he has to look like he's i mean nazar kinsella actually said that he was actually reserving his energy a bit and maybe not going full pelt that's fine but um I do think it's just a lot for him. And I, I just, I mean, we all do. But just for him as a person, I really hope he can get 10, 20, 30 games under his belt without getting injured. Because yeah. I think that'll just make our life and his life so much easier. And you can just settle into the team and settle into the team as captain. If he's in and out with injuries, it's difficult to have an influence as captain on the team, really. Yeah. And obviously disappointing as well that Gusto looks like he's potentially injured for a little yeah. bit. So he's... Well, we won't worry about Brighton then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Um... I've got a little warming up. <laughs> I think warming up and boiling hot is a band, are they? Well, well, I've got a warming up. I was going to put Sterling in, but I've just revised that. I mean, Sterling, because Sterling actually didn't have a fantastic game. He was good. But, I mean, warming up is uh, it's direct free kicks. They're back. Uh, do you know the last time Chelsea scored a direct free kick? Wow, that's a great question. God, we haven't had a good free t- kick taker for a long, long it's time. Really I think, got, I'm going to go with really Mason Mount against Aston Villa. Say again? Sorry? Mason Mount against Aston Villa. Well, what a dig out. Well done. Uh, Mason Mount, that kind of dodgy one that flew in. But um, this was a much different breed. And um, I mean, no, it, the warming up moment was that moment. It was a real like, whoa. Like you wouldn't, Sterling against Bournemouth, he stepped up and he cracked the underside of the post. But when you stepped up, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't really particularly confident that he was going to score. He slotted it in. I about that Bournemouth one, actually. That was quality as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, you know, he just dipped it in over the wall. Big, uh, you know, a lot of dip on it, and uh, yeah, I mean Raheem in these uh, some of his uh, you know like I said X opportunity. I think some of his choices for for passing sometimes are not great, but he's definitely been one of our you know best performers this year in terms of goals and assists and general application of his game. But yeah, wonderful moment, and if he can get that in his locker, uh, that's I mean and get two or three goals a season. I mean that's massive. I mean you don't usually obviously score many direct free kicks. I think like below five a season in sure. general, but. Um, you know, that's a big moment. And like, 
if he can if we can just like you know win a game with a direct free kick and get three points that can be the difference so yeah really nice moment and uh yeah nice to finally score one after you know i, I think it was um over a year, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if 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 Sterling was taking penalties, and it looks like it was close between him and Palmer when they had the ball in <laughs> each yeah. other's hands, um, he'd have nine goals in thirteen games this year, Sterling, um, and no one else would barely have any. So yeah. If he scored them all. <laughs> exactly, if he scored them all, yeah. I mean, he's. I don't think he's great at penalties. Still, I think no. I think he's been. Talking, I mean, I think Man City. I think that's the, the thing they're worst at. I mean, not not before Ireland. I mean. I think De Bruyne used to miss him. Sterling used to miss him. I think Mahrez used to sky him over. So, um, yeah, it's another thing that Haaland's brought them consistent penalties. You think with City, though, <laughs> we not have any issues with penalties at all. But No. But, uh, no. Um, yeah, I mean, Palmer's pretty good at penalties. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it was actually quite funny in the second half. Reece James, he actually took one off Sterling and then put it in, Rose, put it in the Rose head. But I'm not sure if I was Sterling, I would let him took it off him for the second half. But that shows the confidence of Reece James that he can... Take take the free kick even after Sterling's ping one in first half. But I guess they're just rotating. It looks like. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but I think it might be a case of if you win the free kick, you take it. Maybe there's a lot of that going around in football. Actually, that happens with Arsenal sometimes. The penalties. If you win it, you take it. I think. Yeah, but Bruno Fernandez gave the penalty to Rashford. Yeah, yeah. Game. There's a lot. I mean, I don't know. Wouldn't see a. Wouldn't see Harry Kane that. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. A good moment, and you know, when it went one-one, you're thinking, right, we're in business here. Because, you know, Paul Merson said, if you can, and, you know, Mercy's always getting a prediction right, if you can stay in the game in the first half an hour and go in 1-1 or, you know, level at half-time, take that, and then we can kick on. And the thing about this game as well, we had such a deep bench. They had three goalkeepers on the bench. Yeah. And Matt Ritchie. I mean, no one, really. Uh, they were playing that, you know, that Miley who got that through ball made us look like, made us look silly. We had Bro. I mean, we did a fantastic triple sub. You're bringing on Broya, Mutrik, and Kaiseido in a triple sub. I mean, that's quality. Yeah, and, and, idea, yeah. and we have and we have Madueke to spare. Unfortunately, yeah. the game was gone by then. <laughs> we, yeah, we, I know, we, had, we had a deep bench, you know, and like yeah. we really, I really hope that starts to you know count in the latter half of the games going forward. Yeah, I would like to see subs slightly earlier if we're if we're going to have a bench like. That. Obviously, I haven't been critical of the substitutions really um, recently yeah, because we haven't had anyone on the bench really to bring on. Um, but if we are going to have a bench like that, yeah, I think 60 or earlier probably is actually a good spot to uh, to start. I think in this game, I think, you know, he went 2-1 and he won it and it was 3-1. He's like, whoa. I think he was a bit like, whoa. And yeah, to maybe, be very, he didn't really have a chance to react to 2-1. And maybe it was a communication issue. I mean, he's got to get that. He's got to communicate down to the bench and all that sort of thing. This is mm-hmm. what I mean about him not being on the sidelines. I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm sure it could have been done quite quickly, but... You know, if it would have been, this game would have been much better. I'm not saying we would have won the game or uh, even drew, but I think I don't think the score actually might have been four-one. Or I think it might have just been a slightly different game. It popped on the sidelines again, just like in a Tottenham game, he could get, put his arm around players, have a chat with them in the in the breaks. Because there's a lot of breaks in this game. It's very bitty, a lot of fouls. So Poch could have really had an influence talking to the players, but unfortunately couldn't. And and he just sat there with his like a uh, scarf over his face, just like gritting his teeth and. Um, yeah, I think that's why he was so angry in the presser after was just releasing all his anger because he he couldn't do on a touchline. Mm. Right, let's uh, let's move on from that. Let's turn the page from Newcastle. It's uh, it's done. Yeah, um, and let's talk FPL. The uh, ESCR FPL League. Kai Mason is shot back to the top. Fantastic uh, captain decision, Saka. Good, good week for Kai's, wasn't it? Kai Havertz scored as well, <laughs> and. Jao Pedro up top. A lot of people got rid of Jao Pedro, but 
Guy Mason decided to hang on to him. If an old and he school repaid him. He's hung on to it. That's what happens. Patience is a virtue. That's what it is. <laughs> exactly. He's dealt with his uh, six, seven weeks of one or two points, and suddenly he's repaid him with 13 points. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's shot back to the top of the, the SCR league. Uh, we don't need to talk about where you are and where I, where I am, really. <laughs> I've had, I've had, have a look at your team, mate. You've got Lampley with a yellow flag. You've still got uh, you, you've got you've got more got so many. You've got more flags than F one race on your bench. <laughs> <laughs> you've got, you've got it's very unfortunate for me that um, Jared Bowen didn't start. Actually, he was your captain, though. He was my captain. Unfortunately, oh, wow. didn't uh, didn't manage to, to make that, the picture. Yeah, I, we got guys, some good news. I thought on Bowen in the presser, but yeah, yeah, I think I think he did a bit of a. Bit of a trick on everyone, didn't he? But they got the winner anyway. Uh, for me, it was just very similar. For, it was a low-scoring game week anyway, even though you didn't do well. It's not a game week we could lose a lot of pace. Uh, I even had the, you know, I thought, you know, I might bring Ca- Cameron Archer in off the bench, and I thought if a Sheffield, the, the mighty Sheffield United, and he got me two points. So let's have a look down at Chris. How did Chris get on this week? Oh, Chris is back in the bottom four. Just yeah, he stayed, he stayed level, but... Um, yeah, yeah, Trent and Highland captain, that kept, but he's got Mudrick, so when you've got Mudrick in your team and Nick Jackson, that's not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> he's clinging on to Mudrick. <laughs> yeah, he's just starting Mudrick as well, so... Dear, oh dear. Yeah. All right, I think that wraps it up for today. Yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, we'll be back to talk about Brighton on uh, the preview show coming up at the end of the week. All the fullbacks yeah. we're going to play. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be back, the three of us, hopefully, to review a big win at the bridge uh, next week. Um, I'll let Graham Lasso wrap us up. I hope you're carefree wherever you may be. Thanks for listening.